Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. This TV's not on, so I can't see anything on this one. No. Uh, hey, Delia. Good morning, everyone who's here. And for those of you watching online, we're so glad that you guys can be here with us. Uh, we're going to start with some prayer, and then Randy's going to come up and lead us in some music. Uh, but let's pause right now and let's pray before we get started. Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to gather here together, and Lord, we do so in the name of Jesus. And as followers of Christ, Lord, it is our desire to learn of you and to emulate you, and we pray that that would happen here this morning. Thank you again for your grace, your mercy, your patience in our lives. Bless this time we have, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Randy. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you guys here. And for you watching online, uh, good to have you guys with us. A few announcements. Uh, One, you may have heard that COVID is around. Um, And so it is recommended that you wear masks. Now, if you are concerned about COVID and getting covid I recommend that you wear either an N95 or a KN95 mask. A cloth mask, they have found, is not as effective. Um, And even the surgical masks aren't as effective as if you're in a closed room with other people. I think it's just a matter of time before we all get uh, this variant that's out. Um, But if you are concerned about that, that's what is recommended. That's what the CDC recommends. And so we just want to let you guys know that. We are still meeting here, however, and we are not um, enforcing anything. We're leaving this into your care. Uh, Someone adds a wedding. Um, We also want you to know that uh, we are here because of your faithfulness to give through the tithes and offerings. And so we mention that again because it is something that uh, is necessary for us to keep the lights on here and to keep working. And so you can give through the various ways that are there on the screen. Uh, You can mail it in through Zelle, Venmo, uh, or go to thegenesisstory.com, and there you can find the giving app and put the information there, and that way you can continue to support what's happening here at Genesis. If you're listening to even the podcast or watching on video, I know we have a lot of people, we have more people who are 
joining us through these areas of media then are coming here live, of course, right now. Um, but if you're benefiting from Genesis, then encourage you to partner with us and help us to stay doing the things that we're doing. We also have this Tuesday uh, Art for Artists here at the Genesis building at 7 o'clock. You know, two weeks ago, when I gave the cards out, the number one thing that people wanted in church was connection, was community. And this Tuesday, there is an opportunity for us to do that. If you have any means of, you know, contributing in art, whether it be poetry, whether it be painting, whether it be stained glass, whether it be uh, music, it doesn't matter what it is. If you have the means of doing that uh, and would like to participate, then come Tuesday at seven o'clock and that could happen. I think someone's very upset that in the coffee line right now because coffee is a serious business. Um, as we get started, uh, we're going to have, is it the coffee line? Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to have Jordan come up and read uh, today's scripture. Good morning, everybody. Uh, today, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 7, uh, starting at verse 13. It goes, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes, or figs from thistles? So, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And that's the scripture for today. Woohoo, Jordan. So we are going to end the Sermon of the Mount. Can't start it and not finish it at least with this because this is a powerful passage. And I want to start off with you guys giving me one word that describes to you the character of Jesus. Go on and just shout it out. You watching, think of it in your head, and you can write it down, and maybe someone can read it to me if they get it on Scripture. But here, a word that describes the character of Jesus. Love. Love. All right. In unison, love. Anything else? Compassion. Compassion. Keep the words simple so I can spell them. Mercy. Patience. Patience. And he laughs. (laughs) 
Charity. Maturity? Yes. Maturity, not charity. Okay. Anything else? Wise. What? Wise. Wise? This is... Just. So these are characteristics that we think of when we think of Jesus. Those are things that we are kind of come to mind with the person of Jesus. This past weekend, I got to go on a little vacation with my family. I got to babysit my grandkids, who we call dinosaurs. Um, And coming back to work on Monday... I drive out to L.A., and usually it takes me about an hour, 35 minutes to get to my destination, um, and that's with normal traffic. I got on the freeway Monday, and there was no traffic. Now, there was also no line to get into Starbucks. I usually order ahead. I'm one of those guys, and I walk in, and they know me, and they give me my drink, and I say good morning, and there was, sometimes there's like 10 people waiting, all hovering around the corner, like, where's my coffee? Where's my coffee? You know, and I went in there, and there was nobody. I got my coffee. I was like, man, this is a great day so far. Got on the freeway, nobody. And I'm thinking, is it a holiday? What's going on? And then I recalled this thing called COVID, right? And so a lot of people are either sick or trying not to get sick or having to work from home because they're not allowed to go into work. And I realize that I am benefiting from COVID right now by not having to be in traffic, right? And so sometimes things are easy, but it isn't always good. Just because it was easier for me doesn't mean it was good all around. It wasn't like, hey, it's a holiday and everyone's just at home barbecuing and having fun. No, it's because of a pandemic that I get to cruise to L.A., right? So good for me, but bad for society. And you see, when Jesus talks about entering into a wide gate and a narrow gate, A wide gate in Jerusalem would be like the eastern gate where traffic goes in and out. People are traveling. If you wanted to know, how do you get in the city? Oh, follow that group of people. There's a bunch of them and they're going in. And it's easy to get in because everyone's going that way. But there are other gates to get into the city and those are smaller and you have to intentionally be looking for those gates. Otherwise, you won't find it because there isn't a throng of people going in and out of them. And the word narrow that he uses there has with its meaning that of difficulty. It has that of trouble. The idea of suffering is a part of it because to get through this gate, you have to make the effort. You don't just follow the crowd. You have to intentionally go there, and it's a little bit more difficult to get there. So according to Jesus, life, the life that God gives, the life that marks the kingdom of God is a little bit more difficult It requires more effort and is counter to the gravity of human behavior that we've seen throughout human history. It is in contrast to that. Now, last week when I was away, I had a conversation with someone. We were talking about what does it mean to be a Christian? 
And she said that for her, the idea to be a Christian was to have the saving knowledge of Jesus and to trust in that knowledge, which is what I had believed in the past to be true, which would mean that the wide gate and the broad road was everyone who doesn't believe have the right knowledge of Jesus and only the few, quote, real Christians, the ones who had and trusted in that saving knowledge were the ones who made it through the narrow gate. All right, that, that might be what you've thought or believed. Maybe you still believe that, but that's been my frame of thought. But Jesus goes on and he tells us in verse 16, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes, figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. By your fruit, you will know them. So the question comes up, what does he mean by fruit, right? If we have to be on guard of the broad path, that gravity of human history, it's a path that is filled with violence. It's a path that is filled with oppression. It's a path that is filled with injustice, a path that's filled with idolatry, a path that is pursuing what we want over what God would want for us, the path of following our desire, disregarding others. The, the narrow path, you have to want that one. You have to pursue that one, and it's going to cost you something. And so fruit has to be something that is within us, but is in contrast to all these other things. The, the contrast of the self-seeking, the contrast of the oppressing, the contrast of the selfishness, the contrast of idolatry. Fruit is something that has to come from within. The, the tree is good because of what the tree is. And that's producing what the tree does. There are people, what Jesus would call false prophets, who are dressed in his name. They are using the name of Jesus to clothe themselves, who will call you to the broad road, but inwardly they're like all the others, or like wolves, Jesus said. And the way you know this is by how they behave. Now, I can tie an apple to a thorn bush, but it's still a thorn bush. And so the fruit that is there is not reminiscent of the characteristics of the tree. It's just a for show. It's not something that is natural. It's not something that's organic. And Jesus is still talking about these false prophets when he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You, you, you see, they are saying the right things, but they are not the right people. And there's a big difference. Remember, Jesus told us to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Don't pretend 
to be who you're not. And that's the same idea here of producing something within us. And he says, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven, only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Now on that day is the day referring the day of the Lord. It is a day where truth is laid bare, a day of reckoning, a day where hypocrisy and all the things that disguise themselves will be made known so that truth can be seen. That's the idea of the day of the Lord. And think about it, all these things, right? Prophesying in in his name, right? Performing miracles, casting out demons. Those all seem like good things to me, right? Aren't those good actions? Aren't those things that are good? Hey, what'd you do today? I cast out a demon. Good job, right? I mean, why... How can that be a bad thing? Or a miracle. I did a miracle today. Great, right? These are things that are in appearance good. But Jesus says they were not his disciple. What's missing? And I have to tell you that this is a sober warning because speaking in the name of Jesus and doing all these things are things that maybe we would want to pursue, maybe things that we'd want to see a part of our lives, things that we would want to take place within us. But what we see here is fruit is not spiritual gifts. And that's what these things are, right? Teaching, doing miracles. Those are spiritual gifts, but fruit is not spiritual gifts. Fruit is not a successful ministry. Religious activity or the ability to speak eloquently. Fruit is not a religious confession. They call me Lord, Lord. If confessing Jesus as Lord does not transform us to doing the will of the Father, which looks like Jesus, then it's not the narrow road and will not produce that fruit. Notice three times they said, in your name we did this. In your name, in your name. Jesus says, you were never my disciple. Why? Because you don't look like me, which is the characteristic, right? You know these things. You said these things. You did these things, but you do not look like me. The whole point of a rabbi teaching the disciple was so that the disciple would then reflect and look like the rabbi. And you can do all these things and still not look like Jesus. All the good that was done in his name, if it does not come from the heart that looks like him, cannot make the tree good. Back to that conversation I had and the idea of saving knowledge. If the saving knowledge does not look like what Jesus just outlined in the whole Sermon on the Mount, then it's not the narrow gate. It has to resemble him, and he has now listed all these things of what the kingdom looks like that he has put himself as the example of. If saving knowledge of Jesus does nothing to confront selfishness, 
self-centered pursuits, egocentric living or a prideful posturing, then it's not the narrow road. So you can have people like Ravi Zacharias or Mark Driscoll. There's a podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, that talks about how this church grew to tens of thousands of people how he planted all these churches, how so many people were getting saved and coming to this church, and yet he was abusive. He was misusing finances. He was misusing people. He was treating women terribly. See, he did not look like Jesus. But there was all these other things that people say, but look at all the good he's doing. Look at this, right? Ravi Zacharias, man, look how eloquent he speaks. Look how well he answers. And yet he is intentionally abusing people to gratify himself. The fruit, the characteristics of who they are. Where's the self-sacrifice? for the benefit of others, the self-control? Where is the gentleness, kindness, goodness, patience? All these things, where is the love, the compassion, the mercy, the patience, maturity, wisdom, justice? You see, these are the things that you are contributing to who Jesus is. And if those aren't a part of our lives, then that is not going to take us through the gate we need to go through. And I wonder, why do we keep raising up people who follow these ways? Why do we want the celebrity, right? Why do we want the person who is dynamic? Why do we we want these people and we don't want the person who's patient? We don't want the person who's compassionate. Or, or those aren't the things that we look for. I shouldn't say we don't want them. I think we do want them. But those aren't the things that mark the leaders that we notice. No, it's all these other things, these things that can be seen, but the heart issues are really what's important. And I think it's a broad road issue, right? This is our culture. This is how we live. We are drawn to the admiration, to getting things our way, to, to getting what we want, to, to having this impulse to satisfy ourselves, And we all fall to these things. I got this for Christmas. Now, I just said that that looked cool and I wanted it. I don't really need a flamethrower, right? I don't smoke. And I can't imagine lighting a cigarette with this because I'd probably set my face on fire. But it sure is cool. I mean, I could start a fire you know, in our fireplace or out in our, you know, uh, patio. It's like a great thing. And all I did was say, I mean, I just got to confess, I didn't buy it for myself. Someone bought it for me, but I did throw out the, oh, that looks cool. And so I ended up getting it. Why? Because I have too many things already. And now I've got one more. And I like it. Rick and I burned an aluminum can just before... Our meeting here, because you can with this thing. Why? Because we can. And that's the whole point. We do what we can. We do what we want. 
It's consuming. And that is part of this broad road of traveling. Jesus goes on in verse 24. And he says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and great and blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now he starts off with saying, everyone who hears these words of mine. You guys, this was blasphemy at that time. It wasn't who hear these words of the law. It was who hears these words of mine and does them. And that's telling us that all these things that he's been talking about, we are meant to do. They aren't just these high goals and lofty ideas. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could be poor in spirit? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could be peacemakers? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could love our enemies? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't judge and condemn others, but first took the speck out of our own eye? It wasn't this idea of you could maybe just imagine that in the future. It was, you're trying to live to that today. We're supposed to live into this. Because this is the narrow road. This is in contrast to the momentum of humanity. That's why when he finished saying those things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. You see, he had authority because he was the example. He was the one that we were to follow and follow after. The gate is narrow and difficult, not because it requires you to do difficult things or have the right doctrine or the saving knowledge and trust in it. The gate is narrow because it's Jesus-shaped. And the way Jesus lives is in contrast to the way humanity is living. And it is difficult. It hungers and thirsts for righteousness. It makes peace, loves its enemies, does not judge, condemn, or force itself. I heard a podcast this week on trauma. And so I started going back and thinking of the trauma in my life. And I was kind of surprised You know, we think of PTSD and the military, those people who are in war. But people suffer trauma in so many ways. People who are in abusive relationships, people who have suffered car accidents, who've lost loved ones. There's so much that causes trauma. And I was looking at the trauma. One of the things I I recognized is I had, I never knew my real father. My real father... I left, my mom left him when I was like two years old, so there's no recollection of my new real father because he became an alcoholic and my mom had to leave just for safety. And so my mom remarried, and I remember that dad a little bit, but my mom left him because he was abusive towards me. 
And then I remember the next father I had, and he was never really close to me. He ended up going to prison for uh, drugs, and I, I remember him hitting my mom, and I remember him being violent in a lot of things. And so all these things started coming up, and I started recognizing some of my trauma has to do with these dad issues. I never had a dad that I could look to and emulate because there were these bad examples in my life. But I did have an uncle, my uncle Frank, my Aunt Rose's husband, who has since passed and gone to be with Jesus. He's the only one in our family who didn't leave. He's the only one who was an example. He used to take all of us, all the the you know, cousins and, you know, his nephews and nieces out on vacation for the summer. And we go stay at Lake Elsinore for a couple of weeks and water ski. And when my mom moved back from Arizona to East Los Angeles and was raising me on her own, he offered to take me and raise me as his son because he knew the hardship it would be on her. This was the only example I had. And so when I got married, I didn't have someone to emulate except for him. I would think of my uncle Frank, how did he behave in these situations? Because he was a person who conduct himself in very compassionate ways. He was very wise. He was very patient. He had a lot of these characteristics, as, especially as he came to know Jesus, they amplified within his lives. But you see, he saved me from being like the fathers I had and knew by being like a father I needed. He showed me how to live differently by acting like him, where there'd be times and I would just think, what would uncle do? How would he have behaved in this situation? And it was my only guidelines to being a father, to even being a husband, to stop me from following the path that all those other examples I had were like. And Jesus saves us from the humanity and and the flow of humanity, the gravity of humanity that's pulling everyone down this path of selfishness, of egocentric living, of consuming. And he's not the savior we want, but he's the savior we need. And, And to follow him is to look like him. And when we look like him, we fit through that gate. But this isn't a thing you do once. This is a thing you do multiple times. You say, I didn't just have to parent one time. Okay, hey, yeah, no, you can't go out with it. There, my parenting is done. No, I had to do this daily. I had to deal with these things regularly. And it's the same thing here. Jesus isn't saying, you know, well, back in 1970-so, you know, I... um, became a Christian, I started going through the narrow gate. No, I've had, to, I've had to conform to his image time and time again. This is my salvation. This is the road that is narrow. This is the gate that is small. This is what we are moving towards. And it's something he tells us that we are to do. 
And so if we are going to live this life that resembles Jesus, it's going to require all these things that we've been learning about in the Sermon on the Mount. Moving into those things. And I got to tell you, it's difficult. It's contrary to the flow of humanity. It's contrary to the politics of the world. It's contrary to even our own desires where we have to die to self and raise up to live in the newness of Christ. But it's life. I'm so thankful for the examples I've had to be a dad, to be a husband, And I still fail from even those examples, but I'm so grateful for them. We have an example on how to live in the life that God has and not just exist in humanity. We have the opportunity to bear fruit because we are connected to a vine that is alive. And that's the invitation. This isn't to have knowledge of. This isn't to be saved from going to hell. This this isn't about being a part of what is right, a religion. This is about following the Savior so that he can look at us and say, I know you. You resemble me. And that's our goal. That's our desire. And so I want us to think this morning about maybe some of these characteristics and think of them as a road that we are to be on. And ask yourself, where are you in the road to patience, the road to mercy or compassion, the road to love? How do you line up with the character of Christ in each of these ways? Because that's the road we're supposed to be on. And so let that be homework for us and let that maybe be a part of our discussion here this morning as we break to see that if we want to be on this road, we have to bear fruit. If we're going to bear fruit, we have to do the things he said and become the people he desires us to be because that's what salvation looks like. Let's pray. Father, I am again challenged by the words of Christ as they reveal things within me that I need to reckon with and that they pull out of me things that I need and want to become. And I pray, Lord, for us collectively as people who call ourselves by your name, call ourselves Christian or followers of Jesus. May we pursue who you are. May we live into the grace that you have given to us through your life. And may we be marked because of it. Father, even now, as maybe I have been speaking, things have
come to mind where we are aware of areas in our life that are in need of work, need of turning and repenting and, and changing. And God, may we lean into those as difficult as it is. May we make choices to, to move from the wide to, to the narrow. May we live into your words that were given for us. And in doing so, Lord, may we find the life that comes from being connected to you. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stick around a couple minutes and have opportunity for questions. If you guys uh, want to ask them, that's for you guys here. Uh, For you who are watching online, again, hope you can join us at some point. But until that time, may you live into the image of Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. And may your life bear fruit that lasts. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.